Ooh, that looks tasty. Welcome, folks. Today, the Hungry Gamer is back with another episode of Boards and Brews. And today, I am joined by Grant Lyon, who is going to talk with us a bit about getting into the hobby and one of our favorite ridiculous games. But before we can do any of that, Grant, what are you drinking? Hey, first of all, thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Happy to be here. Uh, I am drinking a California brewery called Anderson Valley uh, up in Northern California. Uh, It's in Mendocino, but I love a lot of their beers. And today in particular, I am drinking Huge Arker. It's a bourbon barrel imperial stout that is 13.5% alcohol. So if I am tipsy by the end of this, it is not my fault. So we're going to go on a real big tangent in the middle. Yeah. So you have to refill a couple times. Yeah, totally. So I'm a big, I, I will say I'm a big uh, beer snob sort of at this point in my life. You know, if somebody tries to hand me like a Bud Light, I'll slap it onto the ground. Uh, I, now, I'm now, really... <laughs> now I'm going to have to call you out based on what we talked about earlier. Yeah. Did you? Or did you not do a big old commercial for one of those beers? Hey, yes, but but that beer's good. That yeah. one's good. Yeah. Well, it's it. Sam Adams also is better than like the Bud Lights of the world and stuff like that. So there, you know, it's not a craft beer. That's the thing that gets me when they're trying to be like, "We're a craft beer," and you're like, "What that?" is in every bar in America. I don't think you get to qualify as a craft beer anymore. You know, we should uh, try to sell Sam Adams that soundbite. Sam Adams is not as bad. Yeah, as it's true. But you know what? If you're going to pay me a bunch of money to act in your commercial, I will do a commercial for pretty much whatever. <laughs> so uh, any publishers watching, send him your garbage. Yep. He will make it look yep. good. You pay me enough. I will do it. <laughs> And uh, I have a also local California brewery, a Fort Point. I have Animal, their tropical IPA, which is a new Ooh. one to me. I hadn't had this one. I just found it. But it's got a lovely, lovely color there. Tropical, is it fruity at all? Or is it just sort of bright and crisp? More bright and crisp. Like there's, okay. a, there's a hint of something in there. But yeah. it's not like, a, you know, you, you squeeze your orange into a blue moon or something like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, just, just a hint. I, uh, I've gotten to become a big brewery person um, because in the before times when I was traveling, traveling a lot for comedy, breweries kind of became my coffee shops where they're just a, they're just, they always have like a chill vibe. You can go in there, bring your laptop. I'll get a flight and just sit in there and work by myself for like a couple hours and just try a bunch of their beers. We don't have a ton of ones that are particularly great around here. Like, I mean, we have Gordon beer shoes, but you know, that's, eh, yeah, it's fine. But when I, uh, we have some friends down in San Diego, when we go down there, there's always cool, totally really cool spots to hang out at. We have a lot of good ones in Los Angeles too, where I'm at. Um, And in fact, we actually even have, you know, I'm drinking a, a, a barrel aged one here. We have a brewery called Celador that only does barrel aged, all different types of barrel aged. They have got like 30 different different types of barrel aged beers on tap. I like, I think I'm at the point too where because I've had so much beer and tried so much different beer around the country when I'm traveling and stuff. Now I've got to the point where I like the weirder stuff. When you take a big swing, I'm on board, right? Like, cause I'm like, well, you, 
I've tried so many different types of beer. I want to try something different. What can you do that? So nobody's you're that dude who's going to drink the avocado beer. Oh, for sure, absolutely. You're I will monster. try. <laughs> yeah, I would. Hey, I'm not saying I will always enjoy it, but I'll tell you, there's a brewery in Southern Oregon in Medford, small brewery called Porter Bre- Portal Brewing, and I don't think any of their beer gets outside of Oregon. And they did one of the favorite beers I've ever tried. And when I say it, you're like, that's doing too much. And I agree. It sounds like it's doing way too much. And I loved it. It was a cherry vanilla chocolate milk stout. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't know. That sounds weird. I'll try it. And boy, did I love oh. it. Yeah. If you're just listening, you can, <laughs> the face that you made is the face that I made. Yeah, yeah. But it worked. You know, that's what I mean. It's like, I didn't, that didn't sound good to me, but I'm like, that seems like a big swing. I'll try it out. That, and I loved it. It didn't work. You, <laughs> you, you just, uh, you, you're just so, so deep, deep into it. You're like, no, I, ha- I, no one can know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one can know. This is the worst decision I've made in my life. Yeah. Worst decision I made since I left medical school. <laughs> All right, but the rapid fire questions. Yes. Who the crap are you? What is your channel? What is your shtick? And how and why did you get started reviewing games? Yeah, well, to to start, uh, I am a comedian and have been a comedian for a long time. I, I started when I was in college at UC Santa Cruz, was in the Bay Area scene of comedy for a while. That went well enough, came down to Los Angeles, and I've been making a living as a stand-up comedian uh, slash, you know, actor-writer uh for uh a long time now like 15 years i've been doing stand-up um and during the pandemic i'm also somebody who loves board games and has for many years and during the pandemic when all of my shows got canceled and and uh my career kind of ceased to exist the way i knew it i was looking for a way to be creative and to keep up my creative juices and i was like oh you know i'll start making um some board game content and you know, I think with anything, you bring who you are into the content that you make and, and your experiences and your talents and that sort of stuff. And so, you know, I, for me, comedy is about being funny, a uh, big surprise. Uh, and it's also about like brevity. And so that was kind of what I brought into the board game content that I'm making. Uh, I think of them as short and funny videos, right? My, the- my favorite thing about it is the massive pair of dice you got because you label them as funny. Oh board yeah, game review because you go. I go out. I'm like, all right, all right, mother effer. Yeah, tell me <laughs> funny. You'll tell me what I think's funny. But but anybody who who hasn't checked them out, there'll be a link down in the, in the description. But I'm going to recommend go for the ones where he plays different characters. <laughs> those are pretty fun. The, the, those, those are, are on silly. point. The, the, yeah, those, those are my favorite. The best one, if you can find the one where he shaved. Yep. Yeah, that one is pretty. I mean, that one was pretty epic because uh, it just had six months of prop work that went into it by having a six month beard that I got rid of uh, during the video. Uh, but, you know, that's what I mean. That's like to me, I'm like, OK, Hopefully this is a place, my videos are a place where you can come get a recommendation for a game that you don't know about or get a laugh about a game you do already know about. Who's roughly your target audience, you think? As far as, far as the gaming community goes, right? Yeah, I would say <laughs> that uh, casual gamers are my target audience. You know, these are people that like games, play games, but, you know, aren't sitting down and I'm not going to make a video for Sleeping Gods, you know? I mean... 
everybody is talking about how great that game is. And I trust that that's a good game, but I don't have the patience to play a campaign game like that. And I don't think that someone that is looking for that type of game is watching a two minute video, right? That's, that's not where they're going. They, they want to see a, a, a two hour Three playthrough. Yeah. They want to see a, a, a two hour playthrough to see, okay, is this the game for me sort of thing? Uh, so I definitely think I'm, I'm like casual gamers. Hopefully, you know, I can, and I know people that are watching my stuff that are coming to me from comedy that aren't gamers that have bought games because I've recommend them. So I think I'm getting some of those. And then hopefully I do have some serious gamers that are just like, Oh, I just like it. Cause the entertainment value, I'm not watching his videos because I need recommendations for a new game. I'm going to plenty of other places for that, but you know, I might get a laugh. And so that's why I'm going there. Yeah. Hey, uh- I came for his analysis of War and Peace. Yeah, yeah. But I stayed for the yeah. poop jokes. Exactly. You know, <clears throat> that's the thing. It's I'm being silly, and and you know, I mean, that's one of the things for me too about games is I don't take games that seriously. I love games, but you know, there's a lot of people that take it very seriously, and I'm like, in the end, I'm like, this is a game. Like we're having fun. The point of this is to be fun, and there's a lot of different ways to have fun. And I acknowledge that. Like, I'm not just saying party games because playing a game that has interesting choices and strategy is fun to me and to a lot of people. Uh, but in the end, I don't want to take it that seriously. Yeah. So, so you're saying we're not going to see a 20 part series on Feudum from you. No. no, I tell you though, I would watch. Yeah. I just would watch to you try to muddle do. your way. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to muddle my way through that game. I'm told yeah. if someone understands how to play, you can learn to play in 45 minutes, learn to Dude, play. I mean, learn to play. That's crazy to me. Like I, I also, you know, it's partly colored by who I'm playing games with. I'm playing games mostly with other comedians who play games with me, but it's not like they're going out and playing games all the time. Like I, if I have to do more than 15 minutes to explain a game, it, there's no way I'll never get them to stop telling bits and telling jokes for long enough to pay attention to an explanation. <laughs> That's why yeah, there, there was, um, I, I've told this story on the episode. So before, but um, I was at a convention and my buddy really wanted to play John company, which is kind of, such a complicated game. <clears throat> yeah. And this, you know, there's like five of us and this guy, we, you know, we never met. He's teaching it. And we're, we are half an hour into this rules explanation. I didn't want to be there anyway, but we're half an hour in and somebody comes like, oh, you're playing John Company? Oh, I've always wanted to try that. And that bastard goes, oh, you want to, you want to come in? We can start over. Uh, <laughs> and you're and like, I think I might punch somebody. I will flip this table if he says yes. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, there's going to be violent. Look, he's like, oh, no, no, no. I, I have a, a scheduled game of... Uh, whatever you know yeah. i was trying to come I, up with, with with the with the most ridiculous game i could think of and nothing nothing <laughs> came nothing i will say you know if you if we think about sort of the bgg complexity scale i'm never going over a three like i'm totally happy with stuff that hits that up to three mark you know like uh i'm looking at like a near and far right now on my shelves like there's that's fairly complex but it's also something that I can teach to somebody in 10 or 15 minutes and we can be on board. And, you know, one map of it takes what 90 minutes. So I can easily break it up. I I don't, 
I don't have any patience longer than like two hours because, because if I have people over for four hours that are interested in playing games, do I want to play one game for four hours or do I want to play three different games while everybody's over? I'm always going to choose the three different games because I want everybody to find something that they enjoy. Right. It's like, to me, that's one of the things where I want people to enjoy their experiences. I want people to enjoy their game nights. And if we play one game and somebody really didn't like that game and that's the only game we're playing, well, now that guy just had a bad night. But if I'm playing three different games, yeah, maybe you didn't like one of them, but you really love the other two and now you're going home happy. Yeah, if you didn't like any of those three, then he can yeah. leave. And if he didn't like any of those three, he's not invited back to game nights, yeah, all right? He wanted yeah. to, he just came <laughs> for some beer and he got stuck. Yeah, you're too hard to please. No, thank you, get out. <laughs> all right, <laughs> you know? So jumping into uh, the actual discussion here, because we, we, I don't know, what are we, an hour in? We haven't even yeah. <laughs> done nothing. Which, which is, for any, anybody who has ever been in the perform, performing arts, this is called rehearsal without a stage manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you just go and go until we need, there's no one here saying, um, yeah, we actually have to do something. Yeah, this is, we don't have an uh, assistant director uh, on set pushing us along. Yeah. Um, That's the thing. Uh, comedians, if you're like you have a microphone and you're allowed to talk oh yes please let me do it That's how does that work when you're actually <laughs> up there like is there like a flashing light where like okay there is a light that comes on normally a comedy club will ask you at what time do you want a light uh you know oftentimes if i'm headlining the club i'm doing like 45 minutes 50 minutes i'll ask for a light at 40 minutes right so i know okay I'm getting close. I should start thinking about wrapping it up, but it's not like I got to just get off stage right then. Right. So it's, it's basically just sort of a, a line of demarcation where, you know, now if you're doing a shorter set, you know, you're doing a seven minute set on some show here in Los Angeles, they're giving you a one minute light. You see that light, you got to wrap up the joke you're on or tell one more very quick one. And that's it. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, because, you always see, you know, on the, the TV shows or whatever, like they, they got the bad guy back there flashing the light. Yeah, yeah, if you're yeah, doing yeah. really bad, they flash it faster. Oh, you know? totally. Well, and, and one of the hardest things is when you're on stage, there have been times where, like I one of the last headlining shows I did before COVID hit in person, I was headlining a comedy club in San Diego. And, you know, they told me 45 minutes before I, before I went on the stage. And when I'm like 30 minutes in, I get a note a, a server comes up and hands me a note on the stage and it says, go as long as you can. <laughs> because I guess they were having something had happened to the like credit card machines and their like uh, their, their power and stuff with this stuff. So they were scrambling to try to like get people their bills and stuff. So they were like, just go until you. So I was like, all right, we're going to be pulling out some jokes. I don't do very often. Uh, and, you know, I probably went about an hour on stage and then somebody came and gave me another note being like, okay, we figured it out. You can get off stage now. <laughs> they came, they're like, we're just going to let people leave for free. Can you stop, yeah, yeah. please? Yeah, yeah, totally. So <laughs> we, we don't need to see the college material anymore. <laughs> yeah, but you definitely have to be good on your feet. That's for sure. The, the first little two-part question we always do now is, what have you been playing recently? And what do you have on your table right now if... You got anything on your table. It doesn't have to be the same thing. So, yes, I will say uh, what I've been playing 
uh, is different than what I've got on my table. What I've got on my table right now is I just learned Catacombs, third edition, and set that up. Uh, we're going to be playing that tonight, but I haven't played it yet. But that is a one, you know, that's a game. Do you know this game at all? Is that, that's um, one you, you're, you're flicking stuff over there, it's, right? Yes. It's like a, you know, quote unquote dungeon crawl. But it's a totally different type of dungeon crawl because it's all it's a whole dexterity game where you are flicking different characters, different characters do different things. You know, if, if you're the wizard, you can actually stay way far back and flick from far away so that you're not like getting into the fray and, and taking damage. Where if you're the warrior with the battle axe, you're just running in and swinging a bunch, which means you're going in, you're flicking right into the midst of the bad guys and just sort of flicking around, you know. Uh, so I'm pretty excited. It is uh, one of those games that takes uh, a crazy amount of table space and the box is absolutely huge. Uh, but I'm excited to play that one tonight. What have I been playing otherwise? What's actually been on my table? Last night we played uh, Everdell. Uh, and I, ju I just got that. Right, yeah right up there my, my my buddy just sent it he uh wound up with an extra copy he's like you want it i was like yeah it's great it's uh you know it's my i have one i live with multiple other comedians and one of my other comedian roommates is very into games and he is my go-to the better roommate yes exactly my favorite roommate <laughs> uh but he is uh we do a lot of two player games, just the two of us. And, you know, and then every once in a while, I'll get the other ones to play something. Uh, but he, my roommate Dave is the one that is like the main guy I play games with. And, uh, you know, when I got Everdell, he was home for like three months uh, during the middle of the pandemic. And so I was playing it with other people. And I've, I've played it, you know, I don't know, six or seven times up to this point, but he had actually not played it yet so i taught him last night and uh he beat me his uh, very first game of it which was pretty embarrassing uh you know yeah what, uh, what does that say about 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 you as a yeah it says that i didn't have a good i made a real real boneheaded move and that uh, was teaching which, him to play yeah no it's there is a thing in that game where you can link characters. If you have a structure, if you have a, a, a building, basically, it'll have a linking um, character and you can play that character for free. And I just legitimately didn't look at my hand close enough. And I paid all of the resources to build this character. And right after I did it, I looked in my hand and I was like, oh no, I have the, I have the structure that would get that one for free. And so, and he beat me by like three points. So that probably changed the entire outcome of the game. Just that one boneheaded move, but it's a great game. You know, obviously most gamers, I think uh, worker placements is one of our most popular uh, mechanisms. And that, that combines worker placement with, uh, with uh, engine building, which I think is a really good combination. And then obviously it's got the great table presence with the tree and, and the artwork is really great and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I've been... It's one that I've been like, oh, I should get this and, and never did it. Um, mostly because I got a, since I've gotten a little older, I have a weird love of any game that has an anthropomorphic animal in it. Oh. Like, I don't yeah. know what it is, but like, I'm like, uh, I don't know if I want that. It's got a talking raccoon. Really? <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> I wish I could be friends with animals. Is that what your subconscious is saying? <laughs> yeah. <right>. yeah. <laughs> I wish I was as accepted as that talking hippopotamus. Wanting to get it for a while, but, uh, uh, you know, my buddy sent it to me, so I'm excited to eventually yeah. get, get, give it a try. 
I think you'll like it. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I will. I'm just got everything type of thing I like, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm with you. I don't usually like to play heavier games, like yeah, like heavy games. You know, there, there's a few I will on occasion, but I just well, and, and Everdell to me is like that that sort of perfect range of. There's a lot of tough choices in that game. I mean, with the wrong people, there could definitely be analysis paralysis in that game because you're like, oh, am I? Am I going here to get this resource? Or am I going here to get this resource? Because one helps me build this card, but the other one helps me build this card, and I don't know which card's going to work out better. You know, so there's there's tough choices, but it still plays in ninety minutes. Yeah, know? my um, my, my wife will it tends more towards having analysis problems, but it's fine because for me, I'm like, mm, made a choice. Yep, I live yeah. with it. You know. I know. I'm definitely the analysis paralysis person in my house. <laughs> like every, you know, my roommate's like, nope, nope, I did this. I'm committing going forward. Yep. I will, I will work my way out of my problem. Yeah, yeah. But that's kind of uh, the type of thing that I tend to like, which is maybe what the game I've been playing lately is I love a game where you have to manage your way through, through some chaos. Yeah. I just love it. And so lately I've been playing, I put it up here just for it. cosmic. Fr- and I don't know how you don't have this game. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the the the, the back of the box pitch and you're gonna okay. say how do I not own this? Cosmic Frog. I, I don't know that I've even heard of that game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's Cosmic Frog World Eaters from Dimension Zero. Okay. Everybody is a two mile high frog that All is right. powered by a piece of star in their belly. And they <laughs> hop around through space until they find a shard of a blown up planet they land on it and they eat huge chunks of the planet but they don't swallow them they hold them in their gullets until they leap back into the ether and (laughs) vomit it out into their space land vault and you can fight the other frogs and if you hit them hard enough either Stuff comes out of their gullet into yours, or perhaps you just stick your frog town tongue down in their gullet and you steal it. So this is the uh, this is des- the designer's uh, theory of the Big Bang theory. This is their version of the Big Bang theory. This is, <laughs> this is how the universe was created. <laughs> it is the most insane, chaotic thing I've ever played, and it is. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, I amazing. I feel like I. I, the description is very intriguing. I'm on board, but I also feel like there's no way you develop this game without doing psychedelics, right? Like, <laughs> I actually emailed the designer because I got this as a review copy. I, I emailed him and I said, all right, where did this come from? And he explained yeah. it to me. I was like, that is perfectly logical. Really? What's yeah. The, what's <laughs> the explanation? I feel like this is a fever dream of a game. You know? <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I was expecting him to, to come back with, uh, you know, he was... He was really sick and like he was, yeah, in I was and on out a ton of, like, of NyQuil and yeah. yeah like, like the death coma type thing. Yeah. But it just was he was working on a game and he couldn't figure out a mechanic because it's like, oh, I, the, the movement was this. He said, like, well, maybe I'll make them dragons, but no, then I have to deal with flying. He's like, frogs. Frogs only leap. They hmm. jump. That's it. Frogs. And he went from there. All right. Uh, it's totally bizarre it's got like i don't know seven rules to actually play and the, oh this the scoring is like a set collection because the, the stuff that you put in your space vault based on the the how you put it in there and the, you get lines of the same stuff is worth points oh and, oh and the most important thing though 
when you fight somebody else, if you knock them off the shard into the ether, if you hit them hard enough, you knock them into other dimensions. Yeah, yeah, you like, do. If I hit you strong, if I hit you hard enough, I, I will knock you into the fifth dimension. That's pretty sweet. I like you have to make your way back. Interdimensional travel via combat, you know? Yeah, via frog <laughs> combat. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, so that I've been playing that that one a whole bunch. Um, there's a pretty, there's a good solo mode out there. I've been playing with solo and with people online trying to just try all the different variations. It's um, How much does it play? A six. Up oh, six. wow. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I love, would you tell me a game that adds that fifth or sixth player, you know, because when I'm having in the before times when I'm having game nights and stuff like that, I, it's hard. I, I usually have more than four people, you know, so you add that fifth and sixth player, boy, I'm on board. Yeah, it's, 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 it's insane. It's crazy. It's so it's pure chaos pure chaos there is so much chaos which I, i'm all about it like can you mitigate the chaos i feel like that's a little bit a little bit yeah, yeah yeah uh so like when you so combat's just dice rolling you know you each have a die but you can spend your one resource that you have which is okay. uh, oomph if you put a little more oomph into it <laughs> you can roll two dice and pick the better one or I'm a sucker can, for a dumb pun, so I, that's good. Even down to the thing, like when you have more stuff in your gullet, the more stuff in your gullet, the shorter distance you can leap. Yeah, yeah. But if you put more oomph into it, you can go further, which is just fun to say. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's there's that's some awesome. bit of it's it's a it's uh, it's kind of a like um it's almost a game about timing of finding okay. the right time to go for it. I mean, it's intensely unfair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's unfair to everybody. Like the whole, even like action selection, it's a deck of cards, and each player has like five cards in the deck, and just you flip them. So in theory, I could go five times in a row. In wow. theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I'm not going to go for the next 10. Yeah, you know, yeah. Every yeah. Turn, so. Well, and that's, yeah. a, you know, a lot of gamers don't like take that sort of stuff, and I don't mind it at all. And I imagine that's because of coming from the world of comedy where we're constantly screwing each other over, anyways, you know, in the entertainment business so never you would never do that yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, one of the earliest um union theater gigs i did one of the actor who uh for a long time he 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 became like one of the lead clowns in one of the cirque shows you know really funny guy and he was telling me about his first real gig he got he was a small role in a big time theater show and the whatever the star was like just wasn't getting it and the director walked over and was like could you do that and he's like, he, he was like, in his head, he's like, no, he's like, or no, could, could you do that better? He's like, 100%. Yeah. Fake they it till you make it, up, baby. Like, yeah. he, like one of his heroes. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like, <sighs> you're giving me an opportunity. I'm taking it. You know, I try to be a good guy too, because it's important to me to not just be a funny person, but be a, a good person. But, you know, you you do have to take opportunities when they come because they don't come come that often so yeah so i mean you, you're you're saying that uh you'll slash chris rock's tires if you get to the headline yeah is, is of course yeah. you know yeah obviously <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't, know, I don't know why i picked chris rock i mean one of the classics you know i yeah. uh i i do i i run a show in los angeles in this awesome secret speakeasy bar and uh and Chappelle works out his new specials at my show so that's oh that's fun. cool yeah I mean, it's not I, so secret anymore huh yeah that's oh well true. so here's the question though yeah somebody has to be there to watch the secret show at the secret club how mm-hmm. do you find out about 
the secret club if you can say it. i don't want you to lose yeah your no it's it's totally fine there have been there have been articles written about it and so there are you know if you find an article that sort of stuff we essentially we 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 think of our show as a secret show but not a crazy exclusive show you have to be on an invite list to come anybody can be on the invite list you just have to have figured out how to get on the invite list through a friend that knows about it or through an article that was written about it we have a we have an email address and uh, essentially the way we do it is you know we send out an email to our email address and we go list is open for our next show people uh, then email back to like get on the uh, RSVP list and it sells out in 10 minutes or something like that and so you know that like the third Monday of every month you're probably getting an email about this and so watch out for it you know so i mean it's, it's so it's not so much it's secret it's put in the bare minimum effort and you can <laughs> yeah. yeah but it is like it's tough to get in right i mean it sells out all the time really quickly and uh you know we have a bunch of big name comics on it and stuff like that so you know it's it's something that i'm definitely very proud of that we i mean i've been running that show for eight years so oh so so you so you're saying what i'm hearing is you actually have the opportunity to slash some tires yes i do that's that's why i wanted to bring that up yeah so i mean everybody that, who, who's listening that's the point yeah he can do it yeah i haven't done it yet so please believe me that i'm a decent guy <laughs> i haven't done it yet but please believe me that i will yeah 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 <laughs> and which is actually a perfect segue into the game that's on my table right now i'm working on a how to play video for evil core Ooh, which uh, i think goes up to five that's like fun no, box. Six. this goes up to six i will say though that's a box that like gets you interested and then also is annoying to try to fit on your shelves <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah no this is going to wind up living somewhere up high you know? yeah yeah uh sure. but it's a, a game where it sounds good you're gonna say you're gonna save the world you know the world our world has problems and you are a billionaire bezos or you know whoever you happen to be elon musk whatever and you have your own secret plan to take over but save the world but in the way that you want to save the world and some you know evil super villainous type scheme and as you go you're putting your your seemingly normal businesses out on the board and as you go as long as you have it oh and, and the, the the money it's only in billions like Nothing less than a billion is worth your yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of you know? course. And so you're you're going through your uh, getting your businesses out in different cities, and you're making money, and you're spending the money to screw over other players. You know, you might do a hostile takeover of their business. Now it's your business, and you're putting out your little evil schemes. Once you have all your evil schemes out, you get to flip over your big card, and it's your we're going to turn everyone into half robots. Is what we're going to do. And if no one can stop you, you win. All right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I'll just uh, as you said, it, it it might be one that uh, you got you would enjoy. It doesn't it doesn't well, play well. I haven't played it at a high player count, so I don't know. But it, it, yeah, according to the box, not everything has to be a high player count for me, since I do have my roommate Dave. You know, yeah. uh, to two to six but, players, but I okay. I wouldn't play it less than less than three, because well, like that's the whole point. Is like you're you're messing, you know, because if you just say I take that game against just one one player. Yeah, then it's too. Then it becomes personal. Where you like, really? You're just coming up. Yeah, yeah. You're the only option. You know, uh, I love a game about being secret evil too. 
one of my most underrated games of 2020 was Mechanica. Did you play that one? No, I haven't heard of it. It's a, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, it's super underrated and boy, do I like it. It's from uh, Resonim uh, Games, who is the company that did Visitor in Blackwood Grove. Uh, if you ever heard of that one, uh, that was apparently t- I don't do games. I don't no, know. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. But um, mechanic in Mechanica, you are it. It's a legitimately funny rule book, and a lot of times I would tell people like, don't try to put jokes in the rule book. We're just trying to learn the game. You know what I mean? Don't don't try so hard. And this rule book is so actually funny that I'm like, man, I'm glad they did this. Uh, but that game is about sort of building a production line of robots so that those robots can clean your house slash get ready to take over the world. You know, <laughs> like that's the whole thing. Robots are like, no, I'm here to make your life easier for when I kill you, you. no longer exist, you know? Uh, and it, it's a great game of you're, you're building, you know, it's a production line game where you're sort of building your engine you're buying new pieces that are upgrading your production line and uh, buying cards and stuff with the robots that you're creating. Um, but it's a game that uses it uses the box as part of the game, and I'm a real sucker for that. You know, when it when a game. I love the idea. Yeah. Of that. Do and it doesn't work for you normally. Uh, you know, I've only seen one. Only actually had one or two games that actually did it, and it was annoying. Sonora does it well too. If you've played Sonora, oh, that's a flick. And, you know, I I can't. I've never played a roll and write. I just can't. I got one somewhere back there. Someone yeah. gave me welcome to, and I just I should like it. There's no reason I shouldn't. See, I, just, I I like them because you know not every roll and write because some of them can get repetitive, right? There there's a lot of roll and writes that feel very much like a roll and write that already exists. But a roll and write that does it well. They're usually small boxes, so they're easily transportable, which is big for me when I'm going to visit my family or I'm taking a road, a game on the road with me. You're not taking Gloomhaven on the road? No, definitely not. That that is Uh, your carry-on. You wear the same clothes. Yeah, no thank you. (laughs) I mean, I've never played Gloomhaven. Maybe I'll play Jaws of the Lion, but I I don't think I'm going to ever play regular Gloomhaven because it's just so overwhelming. Like I'm like, uh, it makes me seeing that box, which makes me want to cry, you know? <laughs> All right, so our actual thing that we're talking about today, and, and for people who are uh, watching and listening, we are initially, we're going to do this back in December. Yeah. And then Grant had something very important to do. I disappeared for a month. And um, uh, now no, he's back. Yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, the, what happened was, uh, we went up for, you know, we were going to go to Boston for the holidays. We obviously canceled that because of all the rising COVID cases during that time. And when we drove to Oregon uh, to be with my mom up in Oregon and then COVID exploded in Los Angeles. I don't know if you remember seeing the news, but it was like, there were like, there's no hospital beds. There's no. And so I just, I didn't come back to LA for like five weeks because it didn't feel worth it. So I didn't bring any of my audio equipment and stuff like that up to up to Oregon with me. So that's that's why it took longer to get here than I would have wanted. Yeah, and so the yeah. the uh, the end of the day is neither of us actually remembered what we were going to be talking yeah, that's about. That's true. <laughs> it's, it's a real yeah. point. I, I yeah. remember the game we were going to talk about at the end, but I, I pulled up the um, I turned on my iPad to, with the the notes, and of course it was dead. 
Yeah. And, and I plugged it. I was like, oh, God. And so I plugged it in. I'm sitting there like waiting and watching. I was like, okay, 20%. 20%. Okay, I can do this at 20%. <laughs> um, but so what we're actually talking about is getting people into the hobby. Yes. That's what we're actually talking about, about today. So a lot of these, you know, lighter games is really kind of the well because both of us like lighter games and you know you're not you're not dropping gloomhaven on a new, no. new, new game though though another bit for you get the most obtuse freaking game you can find and just go find people and you know because you take a if you take a camera people will do stuff yeah yeah, yeah. so the camera has to be okay we're gonna learn this game <laughs> just, watch, just the, watch the terror on people's faces yeah. <laughs> that's a game that box is a game? There, Are you kidding me? There's no yeah. dice in this box? Yeah, yeah. Why is uh, this dice shaped like a pyramid? <laughs> so it'll uh, hurt more. Yeah. Um, but so just kind of starting out talking about um, how did you get in to this hobby? And yes. uh, uh, and the second part of it is what games stand out to you as the like the first games that you were like, wow, this is great. Totally. Well, you know. I sort of, I had an introduction into games when I was younger through Magic the Gathering. I was very into Magic uh, when I was like. crack. Yeah, yeah. When yeah, I was we're like. We're roughly the same age and uh, yeah, that, oh boy. Yeah, I, you know, so I was, one of the big things for me was we had a uh, magic shop slash game slash shop slash comic book shop uh, in, I lived in a townhouse complex and the backyard my backyard had a wall and that wall bordered up to a sort of uh strip mall where there was like a vons and a blockbuster and stuff in that strip mall was this magic shop slash comic book shop and so when i was you know 10 11 12 i was spending all my allowance just hopping my wall and going over there and looking through the glass case and that sort of stuff so i got real into magic when i was you know 10 years old 11 years old in like 1995 and uh and i i loved it and and then you know i got more into sports and that sort of stuff when i was the 14 15 16 and kind of and it was very playing. not cool yeah be playing magic right yeah i mean in high school i mean it definitely yeah. was i think you know magic when we were in sixth grade everybody was doing it you know people were doing pogs and magic and then you hit high school and people weren't doing it as much anymore and i fell sort of victim to that peer pressure or whatever and yeah they started doing drugs and yeah, beer yeah, you were yeah. Like, can we just play magic yeah exactly i'll be over here in the corner waiting for a partner you know <laughs> uh but so i got out of it for a long time and it wasn't until about like five six years ago my buddy Shane Moss, who's a great comedian, uh, also loves games. And he started hosting game nights for comedians in Los Angeles. And, you know, I was a fr friends with him, so I started coming over. And, you know, I think that probably also met this moment in my own development where I was like, I don't want to go to house parties anymore. I don't want to just, like, drink at a bar. Yeah, there's nights maybe I want to drink at a bar, but I don't want to do this all the time. And, and you go and you play games and you're like, man, this is such great sort of structured hangout time with your friends. I'm, sometimes half the time I think of games as like structured drinking, right? This is an opportunity. And it's where so you much could, cheaper. 
totally. Where you, you go, you have... get a nice, you know, six pack of a, you know, a craft beer, or if you're really being nice, you get 12 of them, you know, and you just yeah. you hang out. You got something to, there's even something to talk about. Totally. Even if you don't know the people, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it really, it really makes those social dynamics so much easier where, uh, you just are like, I, you, we can chit chat a little bit and then we're going to focus on the game here and I don't have to like get to know you completely. And that, and that, uh, and that jerk that wants to keep on chit chatting, you just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, in those early days, the games that we were playing were the code names and telestrations and cash and guns, right? Oh, I Games bet like your telestrations that. go south very fast, don't they? Oh, yeah. And we always made the, sure to play telestrations is always the last game of the night when people are the most tired and the most drunk because boy is that game better when the drawings are bad you know oh yeah my, <laughs> you know uh for a while we were playing that with uh people who are like legitimately could draw yeah and you're like this and, is and so i started i started just writing down exactly what my first impression <laughs> was even if i know there's like there's no way that crap in a bag yeah is what they drew but that's what it looked like at first and then when you get the real artist drawing the ridiculous <laughs> stuff you down totally it's i mean amazing. that that is what that game is better definitely to play with people that like don't realize that the card would never say this you know where you're like no 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 just whatever you think it is write it down i remember one time we we started the the suggestion was superman and you know somebody drew this big muscly guy with his arms on his hips you know and and then the next person drew that guy defeating somebody and then the next person drew that guy you know like saving somebody and there was like barbed wire around and it went when it got around the table it literally got from superman to concentration camp and you're like how how did this happen right where it's just like so crazy that it went that far you know and yeah, yeah. That, that, that reminds me of the one, one of the ones that is, is my favorite too it's a I, how many gamers can say they have like favorite telestrations moments like i bet all of us have totally like there was one like the word was surrender and someone had drawn tried to what they were trying to draw is, you know, like surrendering a baby to like the fire station. Yeah, yeah. But he couldn't really draw. And so he had this stick figure person laying down with its legs akimbo with like a child rocketing out towards a fire truck. <laughs> yeah. And I don't remember what, what that was interpreted to. But Yeah, and you're like, I don't care what this is. I'm here for it. All right. <laughs> You know, if if you haven't played this yet, a game that came out in 2020, if you like Telestrations, I'm recommending it to a lot of people. Monstrosity. I've heard it's great. It's really fun. And it it really sort of fits that um, same mold as as Telestrations, where you don't have to be good at drawing this. You don't have to, you know, this is not a competition. We're all just being silly and having a good time. And it's super fun gotten to talk about this several times but one of the games i haven't talked about a lot that was one of the first ones that i really loved is red dragon in oh yeah and still i same with me that was definitely one of our early games as well and it's always and i i may have all of it i may have a problem yeah um we won't talk about that 
but that was one that was the first hobby game that i bought because i was in, walking by a store and i saw somebody they were playing i was like oh, what, what is that and they told me this premise i was like that is hilarious i'm gonna go buy that right now well and you know we're talking about this idea of getting people into games right how do you get people into games and i think a game that serves as a transition point is a great way to get people into games and red dragon in really fits that mold to me where it's like hey You've played drinking games before. You played them when you were in college. You played them whenever. But what about a game about drinking? You know, you've this probably is... seen the Lord of the Rings. Yes, exactly. And like I the... think that's a great transition point. Yeah. And uh, that's actually how I how I pitch it. It's like Lord of the Rings. You're done. What are you gonna? You're gonna go drink and you're gonna and you're gonna gamble. That's what you're gonna do. Have you ever played a Battle for Greyport? Uh, it is their deck building. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we are we are the two people. Um, yeah, I actually I think it's really underrated. It's one of I those fun. It. Yeah, it's I one of my favorite really deck builders. Uh, I even went out and bought some uh, metal coins to bling it out. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, it's a great game. And actually, um, you know, you don't. Uh, they they have a dungeon crawl coming. Oh, do they? I yeah, did not I've, know I've, that. I've actually, yeah. uh, I actually I got to play uh, Tabletop Simulator. I got to play it. Cool. That's um, fun. Yeah, it's all the same. Mostly, it's all the same characters, right? You know that, that's yeah, yeah. what that's what does it because it's got the, it's got good. It's got good comedy in there. Yeah, totally. Um, I agree. With, you know the uh, like the different characters and the the it's the fluff text, right? Because all the cars do the same stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, like my wife's favorite is the big uh, ogre Gog. Yeah, it's very yeah. nice and sweet, and you know, it has <laughs> oh, give Gog a hug, and it's a everyone gets hurt because you know he yeah, crushes yeah. or whatever. But it's that comedy. Yeah, and it just that, elevates it. Yeah, and yeah. You know, you, when you, you you play a game like that, and you know you, you read those titles out loud, you're like, oh, you know, hey, Grant, I don't think so. You're like, well, whatever it is, you read it out, and it just kind of breaks down that kind of barrier and that nervousness that whatever it is. Because once you start laughing a little bit at the game, whatever it is, then, then you're in. You know, yeah, yeah, and it, it kind of breaks through a little bit of a wall that might be there. You know, okay, I, I'm sure it's intent. Like, oh, look at all this crap I got behind me, right? Like, yeah. if you walked in here, you never played a game, so we're gonna play a game. You'd look at them and be like, oh my god, yeah, you'd be overwhelmed. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, when we talk about how to get people into games, one of the things that sort of upsets me is that gamers don't oftentimes we've played so many games, and when you've know when you know games it's so much easier to sort of get on board with a new game. Cause you're like, okay, this mechanism's like this. I get it. This is like that. All right. I'm on board, but regular people, non-gamers aren't like that. You know, yeah, I mean, they you, like played. you told me about worker placement and tableau building for Everdell. I immediately, I know what that is. Yes. I feel like I could play the game. If you've for only sure. played Monopoly or checkers. And, and I wish people, I wish gamers were a little bit more, choosy and conscientious about what games they picked before they in, when they were introducing a new person to games for example i have a buddy a comedian who was like i was like you you say i think you'd like now, games. i'm gonna jump in yeah do you have any friends that aren't comedians 
yes i got a lot of college friends and stuff like that okay because but... <laughs> it occurred to me, like, i got a friend a comedian i was like you know you, you may be able to just excise that a positive from that's true. Your, <laughs> your dialogue that's but no, true so you do have some other friends okay so so i have this friend who i was like do you want to play games i think you'd like games and he was like i don't know I played this game recently and it was too much. And I was like, what game was it? And he was like, there was a lot of dice. It was like overwhelming. And we tried to figure it out. Somebody as his like first game into gaming introduced him to too many bones. <laughs> That's so funny. I was totally thinking about it. I was like, and you're like dice too much. Like what is, why, <laughs> why would you play that with somebody who's never played games before? That is crazy to me. Of course, that's going to be a, that's like and this guy now is like, I don't know if I want to play games anymore. It's like, yeah, well, if we had played, you know, if we look, you you want dice? How about Deep Sea Adventure? You know what I mean? Like, what if we had played uh, that's pretty clever with him or something like that, where it's like you this is an introduction to dice, something Instead that doesn't just, have a different reference card for every yeah, single player, <laughs> just pushing them into the deep end, you know. And and to me, that's like to me, that goes well, this is a person who might have been part of the hobby, who might have played games more, who's now out because their first experience was a bad experience, right? I mean, I mean we can say that with any hobby, that's not just games, you know, if you go if you go scuba diving for the first time and your instructor like forces you to go 800 feet below, you're going to like, maybe you're not going to do it again. You know? Uh, yeah. I, one of my other things that was, we, we talked before we started is I run a Shakespeare company and people who they don't know if they've never seen Shakespeare and they're afraid of Shakespeare. I, I don't send them to Titus Andronicus. No, you're doing comedy of errors. Yeah. You know, they've got a <laughs> fart joke in it. Yeah. Everyone knows a fart joke yeah you know um you just For gotta sure. kind of take it easy but that kind of brings up the, the, the next question like, why do we actually care because we don't make our money doing board games and there's enough board games out there that we are fine True. but why do we actually care about getting people to come join us in this uh i think this it's hobby? This, i think it's the same thing with any hobby we love this thing and we want to share that joy with people that don't know anything about it. I mean, right, hasn't there, there's always been, there's an underground movie that you love and you're like, I gotta, you gotta watch this movie, right? You gotta check this movie out. This is such a great movie that nobody knows about. It's the same thing with board games. I mean, for as much as board games are growing and they are, the hobby is growing a lot right now. And it it's, is, it's very much, cause it used to, even when I just started yeah. playing games, it was still, you know, kind of like, ooh, you know, Oh, oh, you, you, you play board games? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Nerd. Okay, nerd. I mean, to be fair, yes, nerd. But, <laughs> you know, but it, it kind of it had that kind of um, negative connotation. Yeah, it had like it, a well, like, like you talked about when you were playing Magic in high school. Like, yeah. you had, that was going to be the hill you were going to be on by yourself. Totally. Yeah. Well, and, you know, we literally had a new roommate move in not that long ago. And beforehand, moving in, we were like, do you like board games? And he was like, no, I'm an adult. And now he's been playing a bunch of board games with us. And he's like, and we're we're still like protective about like, I'm not playing Everdell with him. I'm playing like Skull and Battlesheep and stuff like that with him. So we're still sort of easing him in. But he's like, oh, I didn't know that there were like good board games, right? Yeah. Like he just 
a lot of people don't know, right? When you say board game, they think Monopoly, Scrabble, Risk, and that's where the list ends, you know? Yeah, I, I always, you know, well, one of my very closest friends who's a significantly older than I am um, and never did any of the kind of games, you know, but usually for my birthday, what I would do is people come over and I would set it up and say, okay, it's all day, drinks, a lot of grilled meat and play games. That sounds amazing to me. <laughs> yeah, right? You can come yeah. next time if you're yeah, back. please. Um, but usually, so, but earlier in the day, I'd say, okay, this is for like the real nerd games. You know, yeah. like we're going to play Root or, you know, like yeah, so, for sure. something like that. And then as we get later and later, like, you know, you will end with like a joking hazard. Like, yeah. You know. And I think that's a great thing to do. And, and when you like set that expectation, like when I do like game night stuff, I'm like saying like, here's what we're planning to play tonight. Here's a little description. If you just want to like have a game where you're drinking a beer and joking around, this isn't the night. But you know what? Next week, we're playing these three games, and that's your night, you know? I, I love this image that you have a months-out schedule of games. <laughs> well, if you're someone that likes dry European games yeah, based yeah. on this region of Germany, July 24th, 2022 is your time. Yep. But but so so but my buddy you know so but my buddy he always comes you know we've been friends for a long time he comes he's always there and you know he'll just jump in like whatever and <laughs> another friend of mine who's a, a game designer he came down he had just gotten something off Kickstarter that he really wanted to play and we were in the middle of some other game because they got there a little early and they're, oh let's play this and my buddy walked over there and they were playing some four X space game. And my buddy's never played anything more complicated yeah. than joking has. And I looked over and uh, uh, Ken was just drained. Yep. <laughs> and then I saw, uh, but I didn't like everyone was having such a good time and he was enjoying that they were having fun. So I just kept refilling his drink and, just <laughs> it off. and then by, by the end, he walked over. He's like, I don't know what I just did for the last two hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he sounded like a good sport about it. But, you yeah. know, when you're, yeah but but like i can't imagine if that had been just some guy that came over because he happened totally. to know somebody else right like there's there's no way not only would he not want to play games he wouldn't want to talk to me again oh know? yeah and and i will say even i still fail at like understanding the level of complexity with people sometimes i try to be very conscious of it but recently you know i have uh, uh I've, I've got a friend and she was like hey bring some games over my roommates are interested in playing some games right they've never played games before they're interested in playing some of the games because they hear about me she's somebody that likes games a lot though she doesn't have her own collection but she plays with me all the time so she's like i don't need to buy them i just come over to your house uh so i brought some over to her house and uh and i brought skull uh which to me is a very simple, very fun game. Great introductory game. It's like, hey, you've gambled before. You know what betting, you know what bluffing is. Skull's a great modern implementation of those things in a board game fashion. And, you know, these people were also <laughs> drunk, for sure. But, like, they could not wrap their head around Skull. And, and I kept just being like, every turn, you got two choices. You're either... Adding 
a coaster to your pile of coasters or you're saying a number. That's it. Now, if somebody has already said a number, you also have two choices. You can pass or you can do a bigger number. That's it. And they were like, I mean, literally, we played maybe three games. And even on the third game, they were like, wait, what can I do right now? And I'm like, Jesus Christ. You can <laughs> put a coaster down. pushing forgotten waters yes. under the couch. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, and then, you know, I, we ended up like scrapping that one and just playing by Felicia, which is essentially reverse scrap, uh, reverse categories where you're like, all you have to do, there's a thing that comes up. You write down a bunch of things. If you wrote down the same thing as somebody else, you're still in. And they were like, oh, okay, we get this. This is fun. You know? Oh, oh yeah. thank God he stopped with those heavy games. Yeah, I know. Where you're like, okay, I mean, boy, I don't know if you guys are just dumb or drunk, but Skull's pretty easy. <laughs> and, and you immediately went on BGG and said, Skull, wait five yeah yeah seriously <laughs> impossible to learn that's what they would have said that's like that was their level where i was like i don't i don't know how to explain this any easier to you you just you put a coaster down or you say a number that's it and they were like but what if i say a number can i put a coaster down after that and i'm like no 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 you can't you could just put a coaster and they're like can i put two coasters down and i'm like gee how do i have to keep saying this to you <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's like when i when i play games with mom yeah you know, uh, i've learned about my mom cooperative games all the way baby like i you know just one huge hit with my mom family where i'm like okay we're only bringing cooperative games home she if long as we're because she tries to say that she's not competitive she tries to claim that but even the way she says that is competitive, right? She's like, I'm not competitive. You're competitive. You're more competitive than me. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for saying you're competitive. <laughs> Don't hurt me, mom. I'm already scarred. Yeah. So when you do have that, I mean, as we come off of your story of your failed attempt to get those people to ever want to like games <laughs> ever again, when you have that opportunity, and it's like, okay, you know, I want to try some games. What are you focusing on? Like, what, what is the thing that, that you folks, I know for me, it's like you were talking about earlier, five minutes or less, though, for a rules description. Yes. And knowing whatever the game is, knowing that I know it well enough that even when little mistakes are happening, I can just I can just fix it and we'll move on. Like We don't have to. You don't actually need to know why I just moved that cube over there. Let's just let's just play. Yeah, let's just keep going. And if it's something that will make them laugh for sure i think that's hugely important right i mean those are memorable experiences when you're laughing i mean when i'm talking about introducing somebody who doesn't play any games to games i agree with you that the the amount of rules highly important right i want to play a game that i can explain in a few minutes with them and there's not that many rules that go into it laughter very important and the other thing that I will say is when I'm playing games with somebody who doesn't play games very much, I am oftentimes thinking about what are games where the experiences are the memorable part and not the winner, right? I don't want the winner to be what you take away from this. When you walk away and you go, oh, remember that time Jerry won that game? No, 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 no. You're talking about, oh, remember that memorable moment in the middle of the game? Who won? I can't even remember, right? That's that's why 
Telestrations is a great sort of classic example of that. Like, I don't think anybody remembers who won that game. Have of you ever kept score in that? I've never even kept score. No, I mean, we, we rarely do keep score in that when we play it, you know? And, and so I think those types of stuff where you're like, oh, this is, we're focused on the shared experience here rather than the competitive nature of a game. That's what I want to play with somebody who's never played a game before. You know, what, what are the, um, if, if you had a group of, you know, in the aftertimes, group of, I don't know, eight people, seven people, they're like, oh, we want to play games. Grant does games. He has a big time YouTube channel. He's going to teach yeah, us yeah. games. What are you going to, what are you going to bust out for them? And what would you bust out if you had a small group, you know, two, two extra people? So if I have a lot of people, Dead Last is one of my favorite games. One of my favorite party games plays up to 12 people. It's from Smirk I'm and Dagger. I'm so proud games. of you that you did not say curmudgeon. Yeah, no. <laughs> Thank you. For those that don't know, I have a game, PSA. Uh, <laughs> but no, Dead Last is um, a game where there is very little, there aren't that many rules, there aren't that many components, and it is highly social, right? I mean, that is a game. So if you haven't played, dead last it is almost more of a social experiment than it is a quote-unquote board game so everybody you can play it up to 12 everybody has a uh, a character color a sort of standee that's uh in front of them you have a hand of cards that has all the different colors and you are secretly trying to make packs with people around the circle to vote on somebody else's color to sort of kill that round. If you are in the majority of the vote, you are still in the round. Anybody who got voted for or who voted for somebody that wasn't one of those majority votes out of that round. It plays super quickly. It's really social. You can go, oh, I'm going to the bathroom and then text five people that are there like, hey, vote for black this time or vote for yellow this time or whatever, you know, and it, it just stays really social and you can play it with so many different people. I mean, there's there's not that many games where you can play up to 12 people and it and it scales well, right? Yeah. You know, a lot of party games stop at that six, seven, eight range. Yeah, the one... The big one that I've busted out um, is a game called Trophies, mm. which is uh, just a tiny, tiny you know, little box. That's on my shelf of shame. I, that, oh. you, now well, you it's say not going to be much gotta... fun until you can get more people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's one of the ones that uh, I took to school and the teachers would lunch every now and then we, we would play it. And it's uh, just one where it's just a big old stack of cards, but you just call out a category on the front of it is a letter and people just start shouting out okay, <laughs> something that fits that category. And then whoever it is that is, you know, as if I'm the judge, you know, I'm like, ah, Grant said something. Yeah, that makes sense. I heard him first. Here you go. You get the card. All right. And then the winner at the end, they had this tiny little metal trophy. You get your picture with the trophy and then the loser it's a card that says participation trophy that's funny which is funny so but what happens is people well you know this as as people start trying to think real fast people start saying the weirdest yeah. stuff <laughs> yeah. like you know you start up people are trying to be funny you're clever 
but you start getting into it and you get you know x and it's you know food or something and, it's, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and they start like you'll say x food and someone will shout out burrito and everyone's like what yeah 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 like what is wrong with you <laughs> and, you know the whole thing plays in just a few minutes but it just it generates a conversation well, and again, it's that that idea of creating that memorable moment. If somebody says burrito, you're like, "Hey, remember that time Chuck said burrito?" <laughs> you know how, <laughs> hey how dumb was that? Chuck doesn't know how to read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and Chuck's like, "I've been working on it for many years." Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, so yeah, so but just we're talking about the same thing, right? It's not about the like. There's nothing amazing about that mechanic I just described. There's nothing amazing about the mechanic of Dead Last. Yeah. But it's you're all. Everyone's interacting. That's another thing about, um, you know, introductory games. When you're trying to, to introduce people to games, I think games with high player interaction are really important, right? I mean, there's plenty of games that we as gamers like where you're just kind of like, we're just off building our garden and we might as well be in separate rooms. We're just looking at the same board and stuff like that. And I, I found that a lot of new players don't like that sort of stuff because those games are a lot quieter a lot thinkier they're like no no no. i'm here to hang out with my friends i want to play a game that has a ton of player interaction so i think that's an important thing to think about as well right right and so it's what's your your smaller player count game that that you're going to introduce people to what's going to grab them you know one of the things that i've been playing uh recently on the smaller count that i think is great for new gamers is the chameleon from big potato games um because literally in the rule book of the chameleon they say points are optional it is it's uh, another one of those experiential games it plays best you can play it i think up to six but i think it plays best at like four uh so a, a much smaller sort of party game um and in the chameleon you have a category card you know, it might be like fast food chains or subjects in school or something like that. And there's a ton of different options on this thing. We roll a dice. We all have a key code that, okay, this dice, I rolled a four uh, on the six-sided dice and a five on the eight-sided dice. Now I look at the four-five sort of column, and I know that B3 is what the word that we all know is. And B3 says McDonald's. So now I am giving a clue that is related to McDonald's. However, one player doesn't get a key card. They just have a card that says you are the chameleon. So they have no idea what the right word, what the right thing is. So they are just sort of making up a clue, trying to blend in, being like, no, 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 no. I know what the thing is, right? I gave a clue. And then everybody is trying to accuse who they think the chameleon is. But the trick is that even when you know what the word is, if you say something too obvious and you accuse the correct person of being the chameleon, if they guess what the word is, they still win. So everybody is trying to give somewhat vague clues, but also clues that like key you in to being like, okay, I think he knows what it is, right? If you said Big Mac, terrible clue, right? The 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 chameleon's gonna guess it, no problem. I like how how quickly but... <laughs> you rushed to judgment on my on my clue there. That's <laughs> yeah, very rude. 
terrible clue. God. But if you said something like coming to America, right? Well, coming to America has a parody about McDowell's, which is close to McDonald's. (laughs) They're different. I just watched coming to America too, a few nights ago and they're, they're, they're McFlurried or whatever it's called. They put their stuff on the bottom. That's very different. Yeah. Very different. But that's a, that's a good example of a good, where you have to do a clue that's sort of like one or two or three points of separation. Which, which leads to the fun of, do they have that same knowledge base? Because yeah. I got that immediately. Yes. Plenty of people wouldn't have gotten that. Right. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's clever. Uh, the, I'm going to go a little out on a limb with the, with the other one that, that I would bust out. Because it, it can be off-putting. So you, you got to read the people because it's a dexterity game. Okay. And so, you know, I mean, we know people that are like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah. It's a game called Kushi Express. I don't from know a it. Korean uh Korean publisher. I got a cop copy of it, and then I immediately said, This isn't sold here. How can I have more? And I and I bought a case from them. Oh wow. Gave them all away. That's awesome. Sent the last copy to somebody, and they said, We would like to give this to everyone we know for Christmas. Can you get us another case? And so mm-hmm. I got, had a case sent to them. The game is Everyone runs their own grilled meat skewer stand. Every and you have a little uh, a skewer, and you got a piece of beef, a piece of shrimp, a green pepper, and a tomato, a piece of bacon, which is a long strip, and a piece of cheese, which is a long strip. And every turn, you flip over a card, and it shows you how what your skewer is supposed to look like. And you got to build it. It's like big old rubbery cubes that you put on the skewers. And sometimes you have to, you know, like wrap the bacon, you know, in between the beef and then back down in between the pepper and, you know, the exact, or maybe you have to perfectly wrap the cheese yeah, around yeah. the beef or whatever it is. But the first person to finish and put it on the little plate and say, bon appetit, they get the card. That's but fun. the catch is there's another card that's got this like shouting dude on there. And when that comes up, you have to stand up and shout, Kushi. <laughs> and the first person to do it, gets to steal a card from somebody else. And it is the most fun game. Yeah. One of the most I've ever played. I remember when I got it, and I was looking, I was like, this sounds interesting. I was looking at it and I gave it some buddies were over looking at stuff. I said, oh, before you go, let, 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 I got I'm reviewing this, let's play it. And I remember he read the rules in you know, nine seconds. And he said, this is either the dumbest thing or the most amazing <laughs> thing ever made. And it just is this ridiculous blast because you're going and suddenly your hands don't work yeah yeah yeah. you start trying to go fat and you're trying to wrap this stupid ribbon of bacon around something and you just can't do it i think it's just wonderful also i think it also brings up a a point relative to our topic of how to get people into games is theme matters when you're trying to get new people in the game theme matters you know, look, I love a Wizards and Warlocks game as much as anybody else, but that is objectively a nerdy theme. And to a lot of people that play games, they're like, what? I don't want to like be an ogre. I want to just be me, you know? And you're like, well, I, I, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why like Sushi Go is one of the best introductory games. It's like, hey, we all like food. You probably like sushi. 
here's a game about it. And people go, oh, okay, I can get on board with that. Whereas this game sounds like the same thing. It's like, we all have to eat food. You've probably seen a, you know, meat cart stand at some point on board. Let's go. Yeah, it's, um, but it does the same thing. People just start laughing because the yeah. second you see either you or you see someone else suddenly unable to do yeah. anything, it's just always funny. Or then when you're so confident, you've done it perfect and you put it out there like, bon appetit. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? You're missing the beef. Yeah. You know? And it just always, it's always a hit. And I remember, you know, I would take it into school sometimes and people would play it and they would to the point to where other teachers asked me to get them a copy. Oh, that's cool. You know, and these aren't people who ever play any games before. Yeah, totally. But so it sounds like we're in agreement, you know, simple, make them laugh, teach them quick. And For sure. no one, you don't really remember who wins. Like maybe yeah. you remember who wins Kushi's Rest, but not really, you know. Not more than yeah. five minutes later. You just remember that Grant stabbed himself in the eye with a skewer. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's funnier and more memorable than who wins anyways. So, so yeah. I mean, and by the way, if you'd like to use that in your next stand-up special. Yeah, stab myself in the eye with a skewer. Perfect. Well, you know, because, yeah. you know, you can be, I've, <laughs> I've seen specials. You got your drink out there. Why can't you have a skewer? That's true. You know, a meat that's skewer. true. Look, I'm trying to be memorable here, you know. <laughs> you can be memorable twice yeah exactly <laughs> you can do it twice um but we talked about all this mess to talk about a game that i would not recommend so we've never played games before necessarily but we both enjoy bunny kingdom yeah which, you, so you know how i sold this game game to my wife huh we we're gonna, gonna play because i i thought i i knew she would like it but i tried to describe it I was like i don't know and i literally I took a bunny out and i just went Boink, 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 boink. <laughs> and that was it. That's all it took. She was like, "Just stop it, stop it." That's stop it. funny. Okay, that's kind of cute. Those are cute. Okay, all right, they're cute little bunnies. I'm in. Well, and the best part of it is, you can get people on both ends of the spectrum because you show the little bunny to somebody who loves cute and adorable, they're on board. But then you show the art of some of the like characters, like the warrior bunnies and stuff like that. And I've had dudes be like bunny king i don't want to play a game about bunnies and i'm like look at that and they're like oh, okay that bunny looks pretty tight <laughs> you know that's not just the totally cute bunny it's like a warrior bunny yeah. and, and so for anybody who doesn't know bunny kingdom is a drafting game with a little, a little bit of an area control kind of vibe to it where you're for sure spawning your bunnies all over the board and trying to connect them to get the biggest kingdoms or fiefs as you're going and you're drafting scoring cards as you go so Maybe if you control the most corners of the map, you'll get extra points or for producing the most carrots, you'll get extra points. And so at the end of four rounds, you're just trying to have leveraged what is your kingdom to get a whole bunch of points. And that's really it. It's, a, it's, yeah. a, it's just, it's a drafting game, really. Yeah. And, you know, I think other than like a sushi go, I think this was one of the first drafting games I really got into and made me fall in love with the drafting mechanic because you know that's one of those perfect examples of it's not hard but the choices are hard right where you get you get this hand and there are seven cards in it and you want three of them but you can't keep all three of them boy which one do you take you know i i love that that the, those difficult choices where it's like it's not a it's not a physically hard you know 
game to i don't have to like there's not a ton of rules here or whatever but the choices are difficult and i think that's really fun and the and it's it's interesting because if you've ever played it the the two-player version does a thing where you at the beginning of each turn you have another stack of cards you draw a new card into your hand you keep a card and you throw one away so not only are you taking one but now i'm like hmm I think Grant probably wants this. Yeah, yeah. Screw that guy. I'm throwing this card away. Totally. Um, and it it's an interesting game to because it's 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 a mean game. Yeah, it can be where you're like, ha- you're definitely hate drafting sometimes. Yeah, in it. And it's it, the in talking speaking to the thing you're saying about you know, the hard choices, especially at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. Because the first couple turns, you're like, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah, all right, I'll yeah. take this. Oh, city. Yeah, I could use a city. But then you get towards the end and you're looking at what they, what they have and what you have. And you're like, I, I want, I, I want all of these. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I know. It's, very, it, it's a, it's an amazingly very tight, the decision space you have at the end. Now, I don't know if you've played with the expansion or not. I have not. No. Oh, you have to. If for I, no other I will reason, say you, you take a rainbow bridge to the sky. Okay. That sounds fun. I I'm definitely not a huge expansion guy because you know, I, really it just comes from, there's so many board games. Are you a breath person or are you a depth person? Right. And, and I think I've always been in life, not even in board games, just more of a breath person where I'm like, I want to try all these different things. Right. And so I can either play one game with the expansions and keep getting a deeper, deeper experience, or I can play three other games. And I've always just been kind of somebody that's like, I want to try all the games. Yeah. That, that, that is a good point. I, I, well, at first I would get the expansions because, you know, well, I have to have the whole game. Yeah, the game. yeah. But now I, I've gotten I've gotten over that a little bit, thankfully. Um, but now what I find happens is when I find one that like my wife likes or some of my non have you know gamer friends who you know will come play games with me if I want that they like. Well, that I know I can bring that back out over and over again. Yeah. I, I could go put Bunny Kingdom out on the table right now and just go boink boink boink, and my wife would be like, okay. Yeah, um, yeah so and, and so start I, to I definitely get, 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 have. I definitely have a few of those. Like a Champions of Midgard is one of those for me where I'm like, everybody, like the few guys that I have that play more serious games with me, I mean, every other session they want to play Champions of Midgard. And so I'm happy to have like the expansions for that sort of stuff because we're playing it all the time. But there, you know, we, we can't we can't just gush about it. So where 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 are the what are the things that you would warn people about? with that game you know for for me i would say it it's mean yeah it is mean and i would say it's and i would say it's a quieter game you know it's Mm -hmm. definitely like this is one of those games that like there is player interaction in terms of what which spots you are taking on the map but there's not a ton of player interaction in the game because sure you can hate draft and not let me get a card but i don't know that you've done that Right. Right. Like you, you've done that in secret when looking at your hand, but it's not like we're having this huge, like, Oh, come on, man. You got to give me that card. Like it doesn't have that sort of stuff. And so I definitely think it is. How dare you take C8. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I definitely think it's a quieter game. And so when I play with people who want that player interaction, it, it's not a popular game with them. I, it's a game I have found that either people really like it or don't like it at all. 
there aren't that many people that are just sort of, yeah, that's all right. You know, like for instance, my roommate, Dave, who I told you I play games with, he don't like that game at all. I think that game is, I think in general, he doesn't like area, area control games. And so it's like, well, yeah, this is just drafting and area control. So if those aren't mechanisms you like, there is nothing else here for you. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think there's also a little bit of a amount of overwhelming options, mm. especially when you look at the kind of you're picking those in-game storing, scoring cards and then trying to actually accomplish them. There's just, I mean, the stack of cards is this thick. You know, it, it's it's huge for the people yeah. listening. I might, I don't know, a couple inches, I don't know, six inches thick. It's a huge, huge stack. Um, and there's so many of those in-game scoring cards and just trying that to figure is, out what's that's worth That's a it. good point. You know, my older sister who is the, uh, my my whole family likes games, but my older sister is the one that like likes them the most. Like I can play, you know, fairly complex stuff with her. And she is somebody that does not like secret end of game scoring. She wants to know throughout the game that she is doing a better job than you and that you aren't going to surprise her at the end. And Bunny Kingdom has a ton of secret end of game scoring. Yeah, I'll often get into the end of the, the, end of the game and have like 30 points and then get 100 and then all of a sudden. Team. Yeah, exactly. Though I will say, just two days ago, I saw on Facebook, so I'm going to post some pictures of Bunny Kingdom talking about scoring 500 points. Boy, yeah. I think and I've scored over wonder, 200 before, but I, I'm never close to that. Which made me wonder, am I just really bad at this game? Is there some like secret, obvious yeah. path to being good at this game? I, I, I don't know, but like... And I said, I said, oh, I was like, wow, that must have been an outlier. And that they said, no, no, we you, we regularly score three, four hundred. I'm like, I, yeah, are you doing it wrong? I'm like, I'm skeptical because, like, <laughs> uh, you know, one of our favorite engine building games in our house is It's a Wonderful World, and I think routinely a winning score is It's a one on It's a Wonderful World is like sixty five points, and then you go onto these apps where people are playing online and dudes are scoring 120 points. And I'm like, what are you, how are you doing this? Like, or I don't understand. Like the highest I've ever scored in that game is like 90 points. And I play a lot of games and I would like to think that I'm decent at them. You well, know? you should stop thinking that you're decent at them. Apparently, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And, and it's so, it just, it just blew my mind. I was like, five, yeah. Five hundred points seems crazy. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem because because the board doesn't even go up to it. Yeah, that's the thing that always gets me. Is I always like to look at the board and like, in theory, what am I supposed to be able to score? I wonder. I mean, literally, the only way I can think about. Okay, do you have literally every bunny is part of a contiguous area, right? You don't have any separate areas, and and that area, but but even that but even goes, that wouldn't work because you yeah can because only have that wouldn't. Yeah, four resources, things. because yeah. that would be, you would just have to have a ton of cities in it, and you'd have to have every resource. You'd have to have the three main resources, and then like three of the special resources. And then you would be timesing it by like 20 because of your cities. I, I don't. Uh, it seems crazy. It seems hard to I mean, to off. be fair, that they were playing with the expansion, which adds, you know, three new resources, but still. Yeah. Like, it, 
So anyhow, I, I mostly I wanted you to be as sad about your yeah, Bunny Kingdom abilities as I am now. Yeah, it is embarrassing when you know there are times where I'm like I'm I'm pretty good at this game, and then I and then I think of my score, and then I see what other people are scoring, and I'm like, oh, I am not good at this game. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to telling jokes. Yeah, I guess I gotta. You know what the joke was? My score. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. So that that was the other thing that just kind of stuff was like, you know, maybe this game is harder than I think it is. I think it's easy to understand and easy to play. But clearly, it's very hard to be very good at it. But I like I like those types of games. That that easy to learn, hard to master. I think is the perfect type of game for where I'm at because you can play it with a casual gamer very easily because it's easy to learn. But it's also something you can play over and over with somebody who is a little bit more serious because you're like, no, we're trying to figure this game out, right? Yeah. But we're kind of winding down here. Yeah. And actually, so I don't know about you. Are, are you a Kickstarter guy? You just wait till it actually shows up in person. I wait till it shows up. You know what? I've I know too many people that have been like, I'm so frustrated. This Kickstarter's taking forever to fulfill. And I'm like, you know, I don't need that extra grief in my life. I'm just gonna wait till a game is available for retail. I've actually never backed a kickstarter and i feel like other gamers really look down on me because of that i'm impressed well, like, well you know that's not true i'll be impressed if you back two yeah yeah and be and that choosy it. yeah yeah like just, just well because two. i will say it is true that i'm like no 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 i can't like break the seal i can't like open those floodgates i'm very like clear about no i'm not going to do that because once i do it now the dam is broken and i don't know when it will stop oh man after i backed a person i said i was like oh that's good i'll back that back then i was yeah, like yeah. what am i gonna do with all this because the problem is it'll be in at least a year that's what i mean like I don't... in that year you're like oh that looks good that and then suddenly a year and a half well really three years later 20 games show up you're like what am i gonna do with this stuff yeah yeah well and and that's for me i will keep tabs on a kickstarter games i am aware of what's on kickstarter that sort of stuff and i will pay attention but i'm gonna wait till it comes out yeah go back one and we'll see yeah all right <laughs> yeah, well, th th this time next month you're gonna say i've backed 2000 kickstarters yeah yeah seriously but uh. leave us what are your words of gaming wisdom my words of gaming wisdom is don't ever forget that this hobby is supposed to be fun have fun and play the games that bring you joy there you go don't introduce people to too many bones their first time out yeah yeah exactly yeah. Have, all right. it's all about joy all right well grant line thank you for joining us today everybody if you found him entertaining you found him intelligent sounding you found his wisdom wise check out the link in the description and you will find a link to his YouTube page and perhaps his website. Also, I assume you have to have a website. I do. Grantlion.com. His album. Yep. Maybe some body parts. I don't know if you're still selling <laughs> that yet. Um, and uh, you know, check out his stuff, subscribe, do all those things. And thank you all so very much for watching. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. But when you're a big time TV star, you, you have iPhone 12s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's how they pay you. 
Yeah, exactly. I just got I got a whole stack of them. My calyxes are filling up with iPhone twelves. Yeah, uh, you, you just get empty boxes <laughs> and you put it in front of it. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. It's just like the ultimate insult to to performers right now. I'm sure you have yeah. so much you have to do tonight. You, you're like right. a um, a poor man's Bob Barker there. I've done a lot of Zoom comedy shows too. Is that is that really weird for you? Because you can't hear anybody laughing. Well, so the good Zoom comedy shows will ask a portion of people who are in quiet atmospheres to unmute themselves. Only once have I done a full show completely in silence, and it was because I got hired to do a corporate holiday party. Uh, and, you know, they don't have a lot of setup and stuff like that, right? They're like, thanks, everybody, for being here. We're this financial company. And now here's our comedian, Grant Lyon. And, You're funny. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, and you know, it was a show for their clients and a lot of their clients were older and so maybe not as well versed in Zoom and stuff. So I'm not exaggerating that while I'm trying to tell my first joke, there's a woman with her face right up on the camera going, I can't see the performer. Where is the performer? <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I'm I'm here. Can we spotlight my video here? You know, and 